Want to create a breakthrough gene therapy or life-saving vaccine? Pioneer aerospace excellence? Take your hospitality tech brand international? Montgomery County, Maryland is where you can do all that and more. Use our ideal location next to D.C. Diverse world-class talent and our vast business resources to be the next company to make your mark and transform the world. Visit bnext.thinkmoco.com. That's bnext.thinkmoco.com to learn how we can help you create something remarkable. Hey, MEAC fans, it's time to step into a championship. The 2023 MEAC Men's and Women's Basketball Tournament tips off March 8th through the 11th at the Scope Arena in Norfolk, Virginia. Join all the Me action with competitive basketball games, fun theme nights, and fan fests, official after parties, and comedy shows. Tickets are on sale via Ticketmaster, and you can log on to MEACHoops.com for more info. The 2023 MEAC Basketball Tournament. Who will be crowned champion? You're listening to the Fantrax Podcast Network. Fantasy Sports Entertainment lives here. Welcome to the Fantrax Prospect Toolshed. If you love prospects, you came to the right place, as that's what this show is all about. Covering all levels of the minors to help give you an advantage in your dynasty leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Eric Cross and Chris Clegg. All right, Prospect Fanatics around the world, welcome to the Toolshed. This is episode three of the Fantrax Prospect Toolshed with Clegg and Cross. I am your host, Eric Cross. You can find me on Twitter at EricCross04 and all my written work exclusively on FantraxHQ.com. Joining me in the Toolshed, as always, is my esteemed co-host from Fantrax HQ, Mr. Chris Clegg. You can find him on Twitter at Roto Clegg. Chris, what's going on, man? And not too much. I'm just excited to be back and talk some more prospects. Um, been enjoying these and hope that all our listeners have as well. We want to especially thank you for the, all the the nice five star reviews. We we really appreciate those. And so we're excited to be back with episode three, talking about some hitting prospects that are going to be on the rise this year. For sure. Yeah, it's it's been great. All the reviews we've been getting and people reaching out to us on Twitter, all the feedback has just been incredible. We can't thank everybody enough for helping us get this off the ground and the support we've gotten these first two episodes as we've gotten going here. So big shout out and big thank you to everybody you know, on Twitter and that's reached out to us privately. Thank you so much. Um, but yeah, episode three, like you mentioned here, we're going to talk some hitting prospects on the rise. it to be a really fun episode. We're going to do uh, one per position, each of us giving one uh, player on the rise per uh, offensive position and then probably do two each in the outfield uh, as well, and new pitchers next week in episode four. Um, before we get into that, a little bit of housekeeping here. Um, as I mentioned, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Aircross04. Chris is at Roto Clegg, and our show is at Fantrax Toolshed. Please subscribe to our show on iTunes and give us a five star review. We always appreciate all the feedback. And always make sure to check out all the great content over on Fantrax HQ, both written and audio. A lot of great podcasts covering all sports. Um, basketball, baseball, a couple of baseball, football, college football, soccer. Uh, so definitely, you know, we all, you got you covered there on the audio front and then we're pumping out a ton of work here uh, on HQ written work, you know, season's over, but our work is not. Um, I think we're doing a couple a day, you know, not so much on the weekends, but we, we do some round tables and stuff. We're doing some mock drafts. We just put out our, the results for our first mock draft we that we did late October um, a couple days ago on the site. So you can go check that out, see where some of your favorite players fell. And then we're starting uh, within the next day or two, a dynasty mock draft. Um, so that should be, you know, done hopefully within the next couple couple of weeks. We're doing a slow draft, but um, usually we go pretty quickly. So um, a lot of good stuff here. Rankings are in full swing as well. Chris has his top uh, 150 hitters for 2021. I put up my positional rankings. Where I did like top 40 at all the infield spots, top, 100 outfielders, top 130 pitchers, top 40 relievers. And then Jake Devereaux had his top 100 starting pitchers for 2021 as well. So a lot of good stuff here to get you ready because it's never too early to start your prep. But um, as Chris mentioned, our focus today will be on some hitters on the rise. Uh, we'll, start, we'll start in the infield here with catcher. And uh, Chris, who's your first guy on the rise at catcher? Yeah, so first guy that I've got is Alejandro Kirk. So Kirk is a guy that – 
I've really grown to like more the more that I've looked into them. And really, I wish I had got on, on board sooner. And I think I kind of missed the boat here in, in Dynasty Leagues. But he obviously debuted this year. He played nine games. Looked pretty good. He hit 375, got on base, you know, 400 OBP and a 583 slug, excuse me. Pretty impressive stuff in a short MLB sample there. He was just 21 years old, just turned 22 actually several days ago. Uh, but when I look in the profile, I think there's potential plus hit here, which is super encouraging out of the catcher spot. I mean, he, he's shown through, I think, in the minor leagues. I mean, he's hit for solid average everywhere, every stop he's been at. And then even in just the small sample, I mean, he in the MLB this year he had nine hits in 25 plate appearances, which I think is pretty impressive. Um, the power, I think, is going to come around. Like he's got pretty average raw power, and the game power he's still growing into some. But I'm excited about the outlook here of Kirk, and I think that this is a possibility of a guy who, if he gets the job this year, could jump into like – top five catcher range for, for redraft, which is pretty crazy, but that's the kind of guy we're looking at here. And so beyond dynasty and for prospect status, like Kirk's going to be a great guy for redraft. I know Danny Jansen's obviously there, but I think Kirk definitely could get the job and, and run with it. So we'll see how that plays out, but he's a guy who's definitely on the rise and that I like a lot. And, and I'm actually targeting a lot of redraft leagues. I am too. Uh, I had, Kirk ranked, I think, I don't know my uh, 2021 rankings in front of me, but I think I had him in the 13, 14, 15 range for catchers. I, I definitely agree. I think if he gets that spot, you know, he, he has that hitting ability, you know, definitely can hit for a high average, some solid pop as well. Um, the guy's just a bowling ball, too. He's like, what, 5'9 or 5'10, like 240. He's like, dude, just like, uh, just rock solid, but the guy could just hit. So, yeah, I definitely love Alejandro Kirk as well. I know Jay, uh, my podcast buddy over on the Five Tool Pod, Jake Devereaux, has been high on Kirk for a while. Had him fairly high in his uh, dynasty catcher rankings when we were doing those shows back in the during the pandemic. So, um, yeah, definitely love Kirk there. Um, see where see how he does in twenty twenty one if he can get that job, or at, maybe at least he'll be in the timeshare with Jansen. Maybe there's some DH time too. So, definitely an intriguing late round catcher target for twenty twenty one. My catcher. Uh, going up to St. Louis here with Ivan Herrera. You know, a couple of years ago, you know, it looked like Andrew uh, Neisner was going to be kind of the heir apparent to Yachty whenever Yachty decides to retire, which you know, I don't think is anytime soon necessarily. But, you know, now that, you know, the heir apparent, the catcher of the future in St. Louis is Ivan Herrera. You know, outside of his speed, he's obviously, you know, 99% catchers don't have a very good speed, but he could be above average across the board outside of that speed. Um First couple of years down in rookie ball, you know, he had back-to-back seasons where he hit well over 300, 335, 2017, 336, and 2018, um, but wasn't really hitting for a lot of power. One home run in each season, so it was two over 79 combined games. Um, but he was obviously hitting for hitting the for a high average. He was walking, you know, a decent amount, right around like an eight percent walk rate. He wasn't striking out much, uh, and all of that continued when he got up into you know a single A level uh, in 2019. I uh, spent time at both low A and high A slash 284, 374, 405 over 87 games and added nine home runs to that. Um, so started showing up a little bit of that power. I think he does have above average raw power. His estimated fly ball distance rose six feet uh, from 2018 to 2019, which isn't a huge jump, but it isn't that, you know, trending up. And then he started driving ball in the air more consistently as well. He's more of a ground ball guy the first couple of years. Um, that fly ball right rose from 25% to 38.1%. Um, really fluid at the plate, too. Uh, quick hands direct to the ball, plus bat speed. A slight uppercut swing path, too. So I think um, there definitely is some room for more power growth there. Um, overall, he's just a really good hitter. I think he's going to stand out offensively, but I think you could see, you know, maybe 270, 280 average from him. Uh, solid, you know, OBP as well, probably like 350-ish. Um, his walk rate's right around 10%. In the minor leagues, that jumped to about, to about 12%, a little over 12% last year or 2019. Last season he played. We didn't play in 2020. But, um, yeah, and he's very highly thought of in that Cardinal system. Everyone seems to love Ivan Herrera. Everyone's excited about what he can do down the road and take over for Yadier Molina um, maybe in, in a few years or maybe even sooner than that. But um, 
But yeah, so I, Ivan Herrera is my catcher that's kind of on the rise and some of them I'm trying to get in Dynasty Leagues wherever I can. Yeah, I could see Herrera being on the fast track to the major leagues, which would definitely be a, a boost to his Dynasty value. Obviously, he's gaining value there, so like that pick a lot. Let's move it on over to first base. My first baseman that's on the rise is the Rockies' 2019 first-round pick in Michael Toglia. So we haven't got to see a whole lot of him yet. Obviously, he played short-season ball after being drafted, and then we obviously didn't have a 2020 minor league season, which would have been his first full year, but he was pretty impressive in in what we did see in that short stint um, of rookie ball in, in low A. He had 176 plate appearances. He only hit 248, but he showed elite plate discipline, walked 16% of the time, which is quite impressive there. He did strike out about 25.5% of the time, but still he he has the profile that I think can really excel in course field. Obviously, a lot of hitters can excel there, but when you get a guy that has the raw power that he does, he's got plus raw power in the cards and a, I think a future above average hit tool and above average game power, like that's going to play well in cores. A guy that hits a, a decent amount of line drives, he hits the ball on the ground. He at least he did in that short stint in the minors, hit about forty percent on the ground, but a pretty healthy line drive and fly ball right there. And when you get that kind of bat in cores, I think he could really, really take off. And so I'm excited to watch him this year. And I think he definitely has a potential to shoot up boards. And so like if if you have the chance, I would try to acquire him now. Like I would get him now because the price could rise. And I think you're looking at a guy who definitely has the potential to debut sooner than later. I mean, he's 22 years old, obviously not a lot of professional track record, but another guy I think could be on the fast track uh, to the major leagues in several years. I think uh, a 2022 debut is probably likely there. It's funny. How many people listening to this podcast right now do you think are probably going, oh, yeah, well, it's the Rockies. So yeah, we'll see him in like 2028 or something like that. <laughs> it's true. They know. Sad but true. Um, people people gave it to me all well, when I was posting about Zach Veen. So it is the Rockies, but they don't really have a long-term option at first base. So, yeah, I, I could definitely see Toglia um, taking over that spot pretty soon here. And I love Toglia. That power, if he start driving the ball in the air more consistently – that type of raw power at course field, you gotta you gotta be excited about that. Um, so definitely, I think Togley, I think I have him right around 100, just outside my top 100 overall. But definitely, um, if he can, you know, if we have some minor league games that we can get um, see some action out of him in 2021, he could be definitely like a top 50 guy easily by you know 2022. Um, so I love Togley, and then my pick at first base is a guy that's already in my top 50, and could be top 20 by year's end. That's my, from my Boston Red Sox, Tristan Casas. Uh, ah, he is like the crown jewel. Yeah, Jeter Downs, we, we like Jeter Downs too. Um, but Casas right now is the crown jewel of this, you know, semi improving Red Sox farm system. It's not quite as bad as it used to be. Um, a little bit on the up and up here, but, you know, he is a, Beast at first base. Now, he's drafted as third baseman, but he's played mostly first base. I think that's where he's going to end up long term, uh, especially if, you know with Rafael Devers over there at the hot corner. You know, six four, two forty, lefty masher. And I, you know, I've long said that Fenway Park. You know, it, it, it's hard on lefties. You know, left-handed power. So we saw like Ben Intendi hasn't really been able to find his groove power wise at Fenway because unless you wrap it around Pesky's pole. You know, once once that wall jets out to the bullpens, like the bullpens are like I think three eighty, but that's that's a haul. So unless you're like David Ortiz or Mo Vaughn or someone like that, you know, it, it's de- it's definitely taken a hit on on lefty power over the years. But I think Casas is that type of prospect that can kind of buck that trend and kind of put up the big power numbers there because he absolutely just cranks the ball, swings gear for power, nice loft to it, good bat speed. Um, doesn't sell for power though by any means. You know, he's not just your know three true outcome guy uh, it's a solid hit tool at least an average hit tool maybe even above average i think he could be like a 270 the 280 hitter in that range 35 plus home runs um he really impressed like all the reports out of the alternate site this year uh for red sox uh, were like the two names you heard the most were casas and then jaron duran like those are the two guys that really stuck stu- uh, stood out 
head over shoulders above everybody else. Um, and it's easy to see why, you know, Casas, and he, and he can walk a lot too. So I think he's going to be a good high OBP guy, like 360, 370 OBP. Uh, his walk rate in the minor leagues and has really only had really one season, um, but his walk rate was over 12%. So, you know, high OBP, high, you know, fairly high average, lots of power. It's probably going to settle in right in the middle of that Red Sox order with Xander Bogarts and Rafael Devers and, you know, Alex Verdugo and, and a lot of good hitters around him. So I think he's going to be a four category or three category beast, you know, why I said, you know, obviously providing solid average OBP as well. So, you know, a lot to get excited about here. Um, Still, price tag hasn't really met the value, I think, yet. You know, he's, he's definitely on the rise. People are starting to really realize how good Casas can be. So that price tag is going up. So I definitely try to invest now before that price tag gets too ridiculous, which probably will happen before, you know, middle of 2022 or 2021, excuse me. Yeah, I'm excited about him as well. I've watched him quite a bit because the Red Sox uh, single-A team is, is in my hometown in Greenville, South Carolina. So I um, get to see him quite a bit down there in 2019 and dude the raw powers no joke he's a big boy too. get up next to him pretty close and he's he's monster man so i'm excited about him let's move on over to second base this is actually another guy who younger and debuted in 2019 and that's the yankees michael escado now escado is extremely young he's only 18 now uh mentioned he debuted back in 2019 obviously didn't play in 2020 like we mentioned unfortunately but it's 17 years old in rookie ball he was pretty dominant Um, he hit eight home runs stole 13 bases in 218 plate appearances now he does hit the ball on the ground a lot which slightly concerning but the hit tool is is improving everything i've seen out of him the i think the hit tool definitely can be at least average, if not better. Right now, it's it's not really there, even though you look at the numbers and you think, well, that's definitely a good hit tool if he, he hit 315. But I think there's some holes in the swing that that are improving. The, the game power's still improving as well, like future above-average game power. He's got plus raw power future, I think, also, and, and good speed. Like, he knows how to use his speed well, which is encouraging. Um, it helps that he's good in the field. He's got a great arm. Uh, whether he sticks at second or not long-term is a question, but I think that he definitely can or he'll be over it short. Uh, either way, like the bat's going to play, in my opinion. And this is the power-speed combo that I like, in addition to very solid plate discipline. He showed that, again, really advanced at, at 17. Escado walked nearly 15% of the time. Again, smaller sample, um, like we mentioned, but still really like the profile there. And I think that there's going to be a lot of growth. And again, a guy that most people haven't got their eye on yet because, again, smaller sample. He was really young, debuting in rookie ball. But I think when when we start to see him, we see some highlights of him in in the minor leagues. He's he's really going to skyrocket up rankings. And so he's a guy that I'm investing in now with the expectation that he's going to return a lot of value. And he's very cheap right now. I think in dynasties, like he's not going to cost you much to acquire. Not high on most prospect list. Um, looking at probably like a 2023 debut, maybe 24. Again, I mentioned he's only 18 years old, but he, he's worth looking into now. So check out Escado. Um, definitely potential to really grow and become, I think, an elite prospect. I think that is definitely in the cards for him. And his name sounds like a fine wine too. Like you want a you want a glass of the Michael Escato. It sounds <laughs> like a fancy wine that's like you know 400 bucks a bottle. Like oh, 1998 was a good year. Um, yeah, no, I, I love Escado too. I think he made um, he summers in the, like the two hundred to two fifty range of my my top two fifty prospect rankings, and he's one of the guys that I kind of look at that could really really jump up uh, with a, with a full season next year of minor league ball and single A. So uh, definitely love that pick. Um, my pick at second base um, is a guy that I have just every time I do my redo my rankings, I move him up a little bit more. So I love the offensive potential here. That's Aaron Bracho, of the Cleveland Indians, uh, 2017 international signing out of Venezuela. And he ended up missing all of 2018 due to a broken arm, um, but really showed, you know, that he was worth the wait and why Cleveland invested in him um, in his debut in 2019, which was mostly in the Arizona League, but then got a little bit of time end of the season in the New York Penn League uh, with Mahoning Valley, uh, short season A ball there. 
Um, overall, the line was 281, 402, 570 with a total of 21 extra base hits in 38 games, eight of those clearing the fence, added in four steals as well, and 28 walks to 29 strikeouts. He's a uh, switch hitter, really good bat speed from both sides of the plate, quick wrists, quick hands, um, really simple, uh, compact swing, direct to the ball, uh, some nice loft, really you know keeps his hands in near the body and really whips that bat head through the zone, um, creating that bat speed. Um, doesn't really show too many platoon issues from either side. Like I said, they, as you can see from that, you know, this walk to strikeout ratio, um, this is a pretty solid approach there for his age. So he was 18 all, all of the 2019 season. And you got to take rookie ball numbers with a grain of salt. But, you know, one area or one, you know, kind of set of stats that I really look at that I, I don't think lie too much, even in rookie ball, is, is the plate discipline. Um, the fact that he was and more so the strikeouts, you know. You know, he walks, you can take advantage of the the younger arms that don't have the, you know, really good control yet. Um, but, you know, he doesn't chase much out of the zone. So that strikeout rate was, I think that's right around, what, like 15-ish percent. Um, so really good plate discipline there. And this is the power. You know, the power really stands out from the second base position. And I think he can be, you know, above average, a 55 hit, 60 raw power. You know, and he's got a little bit of speed, too. He's not a burner by any means. Um, there's a little bit of speed there. Maybe he chips in like eight to ten steals a year to go along with a you know pretty solid batting average in OBP. You know it's gonna be like a 25 to 30 homer bat at second base, which you know you don't get too often. You know I think upside. You know maybe think of what we thought of Keston Heria, but you know, last year before we had the disaster is 2020. Um, this is a guy that can hit for average, hit for power, a little bit of speed added in there as well. Uh, he's in the, obviously in a great system. Um, he doesn't, he doesn't have the look of a master. He's doing like, I think he's listed at five eleven, like one eighty. I think he's added a little bit of bulk recently. So it might be a little low, maybe one ninety to 200 now, but you know, he is really strong, really strong frame. Just seeing this lower half. Um, one of the quotes I saw that came out of summer camp is that he didn't look like an 18 year old. So you, you gotta be you know impressed with that. So, um, yeah, really, really love Aaron Bracho here. Uh, he's, I think he's back in on my top 100 now. I think he's in the 90s somewhere. You know, but next year, I can see him making a huge jump. If he can continue doing what he started doing in 2019, um, in 2021, I think he's gonna use it. you're going to see him definitely well inside everyone's top 100, probably inside some top 50 as well. So, yeah, the upside is very high here um, from this, you know, usually offensive-deprived position. So, definitely gets all the shares of Bracho that you can. Um Let's, let's take a quick break here. Um, we'll come back to some third baseman, some short stops, and then head on over to, out to the outfield. All right. Welcome back from the break. Talking some breakout hitting prospects, some guys that are on the rise that you should be targeting in your dynasty leagues. And uh, already hit on catcher first base and second base. Now we're heading over to the hot corner. Chris, what you got? Yeah. So – Third base, <laughs> funny, I'm going to get picked on for going with another Rocky, and that's Aaron <laughs> Shunk. Shunk is he's an interesting guy. Like he's, he's definitely an interesting profile here. And honestly, like I haven't been that high on him, but all the reports that I've read out of, of camp this year has done nothing but rave about him, like rave about his leadership, about his, his ability to, to hit in the field. He's he's a SEC product out of Georgia, and he was the Rockies' second round pick in 2019 behind Toglia. And there's a good reason why. I mean, his he was a junior, obviously before he got drafted, he came out his junior year and was, I mean, that he really took off that season in 2019. He hit 15 bombs in just uh, 57 games, hit 339 with a 373 OBP at Georgia. Again, he showed. I think he showed really good plate discipline. And I may be biased because, like, I'm a South Carolina Gamecock fan, but I think SEC baseball is, like, one of the highest college levels there is. And so when you're facing the Vanderbilts and the South Carolinas, like, you're facing high-quality pitching every time out in conference play. And he only struck out uh, 29 times in 252 plate appearances. So pretty impressive there. And then he did look solid in his debut, actually, and he showed some good – uh, power speed combo when with his short season debut hit six home runs and stole four bases hit 306 with a 370 OBP and I love the just the distribution he doesn't hit the ball on the ground much 
again, another lot of line drives, a lot of fly balls, which is going to play well in cores. It'll be interesting, though, because he's already 23 years old, and we know the Rockies have Arenado. Like, so where does Shunk play? He should be on the fast track to the majors, but the question is, like, where will they put him? Obviously, it's possible Arenado could get traded. Who knows? The Rockies are, are weird. We know that. <laughs> yeah. they, they will do weird things. They will manipulate the mess out of these guys, especially their hitters. So I'm not sure what the long-term prognosis is for playing time which definitely throws a wrench into things when looking at this right now. Again, I don't see Shunk ranked very high in most prospect rankings. He could really blossom. I think the hit tools only getting better despite being 23 years old. I think there's still room to grow there and he's got, I mean, it's just going to be like average to above average across the board. I don't know. I mentioned the steals, like he still forced a decent amount for that short season I don't really see the steals being a factor, but I think he's a guy that you're looking at that could be average or better across the board, like batting average-wise, power-wise, and that's only going to play up in cores. With the amount of line drives he hits, that Babbitt should get really high, so we just got to hope that he progresses and finds a spot there, honestly. So that's going to be a big part of his prognosis. But really like Aaron Schunk and a guy that I think the more we see him, the more that he should rise in rankings. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's it's funny, we we – we were thinking of a lot of the same guys, even the guys you picked, you know, I thought of when I was making my selections here with, with, Fuente, with him. It's interesting because you have Fuentes there as well. They could play third. Uh, Ryan Velade has played some third. Uh, I don't know if Taron Varvara has, I think, I don't think he has, but really at second short and third, they have so many options, even past Arenado and Trevor story um, that, they, that they can add. Um, play like Garrett Hampson's another option. Um, get him. <laughs> I, get his, that one. I get get my uh, daily Garrett Hampson plug here in every pot I'm on. But uh, yeah, we just to see how the how Colorado manages all that infield log jam. And as we've seen, they haven't really managed their log jams well so far. Um, but I do like Shunk too, and that's that's the type of profile that does play up, like you mentioned that Coors Field. So interesting to see how he gets handled over the next year or two. That'll be interesting. Um, my pick is um, Cody Hosey from the Dodgers. We had him on the five tool pod back in like late March, early April during the pandemic. And he was just a great guy to talk baseball with um, talk about his time down at Tulane in, in Louisiana. And then the, the Dodgers org, which he couldn't stop raving about it's everything, their player development, how they tra- you know, train and the, the quality of the food they feed, like they're giving you st- like good steaks and stuff. Like he was raving about the Dodgers org. Um, he's a guy that I just like. I think he could be the next, you know, how we think about Alec Bohm this year. We could be thinking about the same way about Cody Hosey in a year, a year and a half, because I think he's going to be a pretty quick riser. I said he was he was a college guy. He's already 22, 25th overall pick back in 2019. Uh, 6'4", 200, righty swing uh, third baseman. Plays a pretty solid third base. I think he can definitely stick there long term, but offensively, like, kind of like with Bohm, how Bohm, like, he's really good hitter, but doesn't really, like, wow you, at, you know, with either with his hit tool or his power. I know he's above average to plus on both. I think Hosey's going to be that same type of player where you don't look at him and he's like, oh, he's not a 40 homer masher. He's not going to hit 330 or anything like that. But both the hit tool and the power are above average to plus. He walks at a higher clip, keeps his strikeouts in check. Uh, great approach. He just really seems in control of his at bats. Like he, he doesn't, you know, get made a fool, look a fool often. He doesn't get, you know, pitchers don't get him to chase too often. Um, so he really just looks like he has a, a good plan up there and really, you know, tries to execute that as best he can every time out there. Um, so I, I you got to love that. And it's the swing too. You know, he's his swing. It's just picture perfect um, from the right side. I love it. It's, it, it's, simplistic yet explosive. Um, it's not a lot of like, added movement. He's quick to the ball, hand start in front of the shoulder, and a little bit of a load. He's a little bit of a slight leg kick, quick to the ball. Um, it's very fluid. Like I said, you know, great torque and rotation in this swing as well. Um, creates that power. So I think you know, that power is all fields as well. He's not just a, a pull hitter. He's, he can really drive the ball to all fields. Uh, so I think you know this would be a guy that you know could hit 280-ish, 280-290, and maybe flirts to 300 sometimes, you know, 25 to 30 bombs. I mean, he gets in the, in the mid-30s uh, at peak, but uh, really good offense. He's not going to any speed. You know, he's not that, not that quick. Maybe a handful of steals a year at most, but um, 
definitely a guy that can you know provide a good average, good OBP, good power. You know, probably slots in fifth or sixth in that Dodgers that deep Dodgers lineup. So he'll have a, you know he'll be hitting right behind like Seager and Bellinger. So guy that's probably gonna be like a hundred RBI threat year in year out with you know with the way he can hit. So um, definitely you know I've, I've been trying to get Hosey everywhere I can. Uh, I have him and the the new 30 team dynasty league that Chris and I are both in that started last year. Um, he's, he's one of my core hitting prospects that, and he, and he should be up pretty soon too. Like I said, he's on the kind of on a fast track, maybe takes over late 2021, you know, especially if they don't resign Justin Turner. Um, but definitely early 2022 at the latest. Uh, Cause I think he's, he's not too far off. You know, he, he only has 41, you know, professional games under his belt, but you know, I said, I don't think he needs much more time. So he's a very advanced you know, very polished collegiate hitter. Uh, so definitely go out and get Cody Hosey wherever he's available. I think he's going to be a big riser in 2021. Yeah, no doubt about that. And like you mentioned, I think that one of his best assets is he's going to be up soon. You know, I mean, he's – I don't think they re-sign Turner. I could be wrong. We'll see how that plays out. But they may kind of make shift third base for this year. And then obviously, like, by 2022, I don't see any reason that he's not up in – with, and he's just man in third. Like, that's his job. So I'm excited about Hosey as well. So let's move on to shortstop. And we couldn't go without mentioning a guy named Acuna because if you know me, you know I'm a Braves fan, big Ronald Acuna fan. So let's talk a little bit about his brother, Luis Angel Acuna. He, he might end up at second base. He's listed some places second base, some places shortstop. Saw some film of him the other day, actually. I think the Rangers prospect, when their prospect accounts put that out, Man, when you see him in the box, he just resembles Ronald so much. Like it, the way, I mean, the leg kick, the swing, everything. And it's just, you just dream on that. And obviously, I don't see him developing into what Ronnie has been or, or could be, but there's still a lot to like here in the profile. The name is likely going to drive the value up, but it hasn't yet from what I've seen in most dynasty leagues. I think the the hit tool still needs a little work, but it's it's developing. I mean, we saw the same thing with Ronnie when he was coming up to the minors. I mean, it took him some time to develop into the the elite asset that he is today. I mean, we know he's one of the best hitters in all of baseball, and so there's some development here with with Luis Angel Acuna's brother. He, he's small too. He's he's five ten. He's only listed at one fifty five right now, so it's possible that he could bulk up a little bit, and that's kind of. Uh, what what he needs to do if he wants to tap into that power because we definitely haven't seen like the best of his power. And again, I've mentioned a lot of these guys, but he's another guy that's only had a short season debut in 2019. And so like, maybe it's a good time to acquire these guys. Like they, we didn't see them in 2020. And so a lot of people have forgotten about these guys that made their debut in 19 and most of them being the short season guys. So the, the 2019 draft class, I know, Acuna obviously wasn't part of that. Like he was international, but still like, this is a good time to look to acquire these guys. Um, He did hit the ball on the ground a lot, small sample. I'm going to overlook that. If that trend continues though, it could be concerning. Like he hit the ball on the ground at 55% rate in those 240 plate appearances. And so my hope is that he does continue to develop. Obviously we'd love for him to be like his brother, the power, the raw power is just not there. The speed is there though. Like he has the potential to steal, swipe a lot of bags. I mean, he he swiped 17 and 240 plate appearances, which is pretty impressive. He also walked uh, 34 times, which shows good discipline. Walked more than he struck out. Those are things I'm looking at in these young prospects. He showed the ability to limit his strikeouts and, and walk. And Eric mentioned it earlier. I mean, a lot of these guys are pitchers are wild and, and rookie ball, so can't always judge the the walk rates this early. But it is Always an encouraging sign to me when someone walks more than they strike out. And so I'm looking at him. I'm looking at a guy that's very projectable and very raw. And so it could go a lot of ways, but right now the value's cheap enough, I think, where you can go out and get him, and he's worth the risk because the upside is there, obviously, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny, with, with the walk rate and, and rookie ball, you know, while you can't take too, too much from it, you can't take like, – if somebody walks like 5% rookie ball – that's a red flag to me. It's like it's almost like I could go walk five percent rookie ball just by like laying off the you know the wildness. So yeah, definitely you know well, I don't think he's gonna be like a, a huge walk guy, maybe not, but definitely like to see like you mentioned the approach 
um, yeah, definitely go out and get Acuna because a lot of people when they you know when I I retweeted that video, I guess the same video you were just mentioning from their their player development or prospect uh, account, and I got a few people that are like, "Is that Ronald's brother? Any relation to Ronald's?" Like, not everybody yet knows that they are related. Um, so um, they're like, "Oh, Acuna, who is that relation to Ronald?" Kind of funny. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely, definitely agree with that. Love, love, love Acuna. Um, definitely, he think he could be. Yeah, I don't think the power will ever be to Ronald's level, but you know, maybe he's like a ten to fifteen homer guy. But big hit, speed combo there. So love Acuna there. Uh, great pick. My shortstop here is a guy that I actually moved down my rankings last year, and then after you know seeing reports out of the alternate site this year, moved him back up even higher than he was. before. Uh, before I moved him down, that's Tyler Freeman of the Cleveland Indians. You know, you know, he's going into 2019, 2020, you know, everyone knew, okay, this is a, a good hitter, good speed, but there's very minimal power here. And I've kind of been moving those guys down the rankings a little bit. Guys like, all right, this guy's like hit like five home runs. This is like 30 grade power, 40 raw at best. Um, guys that hit just a handful of home runs every year where, you know, these guys still have value. But, you know, like um, Xavier Edwards is another type like that. But, you know, I, I want a little more power. I don't want I don't want the next like Malik Smith. Well, they do. Obviously, they have value because of the speed they can provide and solid average. But uh, I like having more well-rounded prospects, well-rounded players on my teams. But now that he's, you know, reports have been he's been adding. He added, added a little bit of bulk, it looks like. Uh, he, and he was hitting for power, you know, at, at the alternate side. There was reports that he's at like, eight home runs there. Uh, who knows how many, you know, bats that's over. But. Uh, definitely, you know, starting to bulk up, drive the ball in the air more. That's encouraging to see. You know, he only had, you know, coming into 2020, seven home runs in 231 professional games, including three in 123 um, between the single-A Midwest League and the Class A Advanced Carolina League in 2019. So definitely love that he added a little bit of power, even if he's just a 10 to 12 home run guy, 15 peak that is definitely better than a guy that hits like three to five, you know, so obviously. Um, so definitely love to see that because the hit tool, like I mentioned, the hit tool, he, at least a plus hit tool, maybe even a hair above plus, not a burner, not a speedster, but you know, probably above average speed, I'd say. And he's got a, he's very smart out in the bases too. It doesn't get caught a lot. Um, it was 81% success rates compared to 38 out of 47 uh, so far in his career. You know, long-term, Defensively, I'm not quite sure where he fits in. Um, he's played mostly at short, a little bit of second. You know, obviously, Cleveland, you know, keeping or trading Lindor, and you know, he's only got one year left in his contract, so he's probably gone. But you know, even if he does, if they resign him, you know, that throws a monkey wrench in. But that probably doesn't happen. But even if he does leave town, which looks likely, you know, they also have Gabriel Arias too, so. Um, they have some flexibility there. And then obviously Bracho coming up and they have a lot more middle infield prospects too. Like these guys, you know, are the closest, but they have a lot more in the lower levels as well. You know, Gabriel Rodriguez, Junior San Quentin, uh, a lot of, a lot more guys. So, um, but I think Freeman can kind of take over late 2021 or maybe early 2022 within the next year or two. Uh, it's be a guy that probably hits near, I don't know if he gets near the top of the order. He got the contact skills do so. It doesn't walk a whole lot. Uh, walk rate in the minor leagues was only uh, only 4.1% right now. Maybe he's not a super high OBP guy, but as long as he keeps hitting for the high average, like this is a guy could hit, definitely hit 300, 319 career average in the minors. So um, very fluid swing, you know, uh, strike zone awareness and coverage is exceptional. Um, doesn't strike out barely at all. Um, K rates below 10%. Uh, what was it? 8.8% uh, strike rate for the minor league. So uh, I definitely think that the contact skill was lead to that 300 average. You know, maybe 10 or so home runs, 10, 12 home runs, probably 20, 25 steals, maybe in the mid-20s for steals. It's a nice, well-rounded, you know, middle infielder. Maybe he's never your starting infielder or second baseman or shortstop, but guy you can plug into your uh, middle infield spot or, or utility spot and give you a little bit of everything. So um, definitely, you know, the arrow with Tyler Freeman is definitely trending up right now. Yeah, I think you're dead on there. Like, I, James Anderson's always been, like, the really high guy on him. And I never really saw it. And I think I think that now that we finally see the power showing through, I can see a little bit more of having Freeman a little higher. But I've always been kind of conservative because I 
didn't think that 10 was even in the cards, like 10 home run power. Right. But the reports out of camp have been really good. I think in summer he would hit like seven bombs in like a really short span of time. And, you yep. know, we, we take those with a grain of salt, not, not true game results, but, but still it's definitely encouraging to hear that he is growing into that power. All right. So let's move on to the outfield here. And my first guy is from, from your team, Eric, the Red Sox. It's, it's Jaron Duran. Duran has been getting a lot of hype also out of uh, the alternate training site and, and camp, which is exciting. And we've known the speed is there, like this elite speed, like at least 70 grade. He's going to steal a ton of bags in 2019. We stole 46 bags in it's some pretty not a huge sample. So he stole a ton of bags and he's going to really run. There's no question about that. And so I think the question is more in his power, but I think that that power is definitely developing. Um, the hit tool is, is there. The hit tool is already at least average, I think, with room to grow. The power, I think if the power just gets to average, you're looking at uh, an elite asset because you're looking at a guy with, with average power that can steal you 30 plus bases with a good batting average. That's for fantasy. You know, that that's great. You want that on your team. And so I'm looking at Duran as a potential guy. I think, I think he can hit, you know, 280 somewhere around there right now. I mean, he's only got eight career home runs between uh, two years of minor league ball, but I think the power can definitely grow into that to be at least 15 home run power. And then you throw in that speed and you're looking at a guy who can easily steal you 30 plus bags. And so there's a lot to like here in the profile. I wish that we would have got to see him this year. I really think that 2020 could have been a huge developmental year, but it sounds like that even though we didn't have minor league games, that he still had a lot of development. He really grew in the team's training site, which is encouraging to hear. And so I'm really uh, looking forward to seeing him in 2021 because I think he's a guy that's going to skyrocket. I do want to see him um, be show a little bit better play discipline. He, he doesn't walk at a high clip, but again, there's room to grow there. The strikeout rate kind of spiked in 2019. So I'll be curious to see um, what he looks like because it's been so long since we've seen him, but all the reports out of camp have been tremendous. And I think that he's really going to skyrocket up a lot of, of rankings once we get to see him in 21. Yeah. So 2019, he got up to double a, which is 20 minutes from my house, double a Portland, Maine. Um, I was so excited because he tore up the Carolina league. I was like, all right, this is like, this is our guy. And obviously my Red Sox bias put into it, but he disappointed me. He looked terrible in double A. He was pressing too much, pounding everything into the ground instead of doing, you know, trying to spray line drives over the field, which is what he was doing down in the Carolina league. So I moved him down my rankings and then seeing all these reports out of the alternate site, I'm excited again. They, they changed his hand slot, you know, pre, you know, pre-swing. Um, this definitely helped him drive the ball in the air a bit more. So, really excited for him in 2021, and you know, hopefully he'll probably might be up early, early on. So, um, especially if, if the Red Sox don't resign Jack, Jackie Bradley Jr., um, I think that which they 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 were talking with him, so they still might. So that'll kind of play into his ETA. But definitely love Duran. He has that guy can absolutely fly. That's like a 30 steal guy waiting to happen. Um, so love Duran there. My first outfielder here is, you know, wasn't one of the bigger J2 signings of 2019. Only signed for 700K out of Venezuela. But he has been, even without playing and making his first you know, appearance in a minor league game yet, really shooting up rankings. That's Hedbert Perez of the Milwaukee Brewers, one of the very few exciting players in that farm system. Along with, you know, it's him and Garrett Mitchell right now. And, some people like Ethan Small, sure, um, but it's Hebert Perez and Garrett Mitchell are like the two exciting guys. Um, he is just really, really toolsy. Uh, he was the youngest player at their alternate site this year, uh, and he was one of the more impressive ones. Everything you read was, you know, he was one of the more impressive people there, regardless of age. Like he's the one that like, he didn't look like he was a seventeen-year-old that was just coming out, come over, over from Venezuela and you know first you know taste of baseball in the United States. But you know, really strong, athletic guy. Potential for a plus raw power, plus speed, uh, above average hit. Like, there's really intriguing you know, offensive potential here. A really smooth swing, too, from the left side. Um, pretty mechanically sound swing. There's not a lot of flaws in that swing. Obviously, there's stuff to tinker with, but um, 
got a good 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 building blocks are definitely here for Hedbert Perez, and we'll see how much if that power continues to trend up. Um, if he's still on the smaller side, unless that 5'10", 160, I'm sure he's probably added a little bit of bulk there. Um, he's still only like 17 years old. Uh, so, but and James Anderson, you, you mentioned him. He, he has him super high in his rankings. I think already top 50. Um, I have him outside my top 100, but not by much. Uh, definitely a guy that I could really see shooting up uh, once he debuts and gets in the game action, and people see you know how good, how toolsy Hedbert Perez is. Um, to see if that power, speed, blend, and the hit tool uh, come as advertised, and he starts putting up some good stats in rookie ball next year. Yeah, this is going to be probably one of the bigger risers out of any position you'll see on prospect rankings in, in 2021. Uh, so now, right now, he's, the helium's already starting to get there. Definitely, this is the time to get Hedbert Perez because chances are, you know, this time next year, you're going to be paying a big, big price tag for him. So definitely, if, if you like getting, you know, the young, toolsy guys that you can dream on that have the huge upside, Hedbert Perez is your guy. So you go out and get this guy wherever you can. Yeah, I agree. And I think that it's funny that his value is already inflating. Just I think the name <laughs> value is just getting out there, honestly. A lot of yeah. guys hyping him. I think I've got him right around 100, but there's definitely potential to to skyrocket up. Is with my last guy, and that's Luis Matos from San Francisco, who I think another younger guy who I think could really skyrocket up. And we saw him debut in 2019, and he was just – very, very impressive in his time. He hit seven bombs, stole 20 bases. I mean, in rookie ball hit 362 with a 430 OBP. He just looked like a monster. And doing this at such a young age, I mean, he was doing that at 17. He's only 18 now. You look at a guy, you mentioned like Hedbert, who has the raw power and speed combo. Like Matos has – that 60 grade speed. And I think that the power could easily grow into to plus power. He's definitely got that potential there. Uh, the hit tool, there's definitely still some holes in the swing, despite what you saw, you look at the numbers and you're like, wow, like there's plenty of guys like that, but we got to look past the numbers a little bit and say that the hit tool is still developing, but again, very young guy that should continue to develop. He's just really, I think going to skyrocket up boards and I am, very, very excited about his potential here, like across the board. Like you're looking at a guy that could be a very solid uh, five-category contributor because I think even the batting average could probably get above average. Like I could see him hitting 270, 280, and then you throw in that that raw power and the 60-grade speed, and you're looking at a guy who can make a big fantasy impact. The hype is somewhat there, I think, but it's not fully there yet. Like th- – He's, people aren't going out of their way to to get Matos, but I could see that happening over the next year and see him really jumping up boards and being a guy that you need to be ahead of the curve on. Like, so I would recommend going ahead and getting Matos sooner than later if you are interested in investing because I do think that he has the potential to take off in 2021. I hate to agree with you because I just traded him in that in DS-130 league that we're in, uh, even though I like the return, and I agree with everything you said. Um, yeah, selfishly, I'm, I hope he just flails out in single A, um, but probably won't. Like you mentioned, tools are there. I think he's definitely going to be a big riser, um, but had to include him to get the deal done, but I'm glad I did it. But definitely love Luis Matos. Uh, nice little one-two combo in that system with Luciano, and obviously you got Helio Ramos and um, uh, Hunter Bishop as well. So a lot of good offensive talent and Joey Bart. So a lot of good offensive prospects that are, coming up through uh, that system are already there with Joey Bart. So definitely love Luis Matos. And then my final outfielder uh, from the San Diego Padres, Hudson Head, 2019 third rounder, um, and already looking like one of the you know, the bigger steals of the draft. Um, debuted in the Arizona League well, in 2019. 32 games. The numbers don't really jump off the page at you. 283, 383, 417 slash. Uh, only had one home run, but seven doubles, three triples, uh, three steals, but also got caught three times. So you look at those numbers on the surface, and like I said, they don't jump out at you. That nothing really stands out. Um, but you look, look at the look at video of him. Bat speed is absolutely electric uh, from the left side. One, but you know, one of the quicker quicker bats you'll see in the minor leagues already. Um, and he's got really good raw power, probably above average to plus raw power. 
that should be up, you know, at least an average hit tool, probably above average. He's um, got above average plus speed as well, though. I think that maybe that kind of ticks down. So maybe it's more 50-55 than 55-60. Um, this is a guy that, you know, he's not going to stand out any one area. He's not going to be a big basher or steal a ton of bases. But, you know, just 20-20 upside here, maybe even like 25-20. I think the power continues to trend up um, as, he, as he fills out a little bit. Still only 19 years old, won't even be 20 until uh, next April. Um, so I think he still can fill out a little bit on that 6-1-180 frame. And everyone that I've talked to and everything I've read, you know, just people are raving about him. Um, let, me, let me quickly here read something from uh, Jason Panini, uh, one of the better scouting minds I've ever talked to, ever met, um, was one of the co-founders of Prospects Live. Uh, he did a top 100 Arizona League prospects uh, rankings and write-ups uh, last year. I uh, put it out in August. Um, or no, September, excuse me, over on Prospects Live. So if we go check that out, I highly recommend this read. And uh, this is what he wrote on Hudson Head, who he ranked as the sixth best player that he saw out in the Arizona League behind Luciano, C.J. Abrams, Bobby Witt Jr., Diego Cartea, and Corbin Carroll. And he said this, a crafty overslot third-round selection by the Padres. Head may have been the steal of the draft. Offensively, he creates big separation and uses his plus bat speed to pepper balls to all fields. His frame is very projectable. Considering said frame and his age for the draft class, expect more power to come. His outfield reads are raw, but he's a good athlete with a shot to stick in center field. Head projects uh, for average defense there and above average power as he fills out. So a um, lot to like here with Hudson Head. Obviously, you got to pay that Padres tax, but luckily, you know, that tax hasn't really fully gone, you know, come into effect yet. Because, you know, like I said, he didn't have the, the big debut like C.J. Abrams had. Uh, where you're, you're already paying that huge, huge Padres tax on Abram so far. Uh, so he's a you know top ten caliber prospect, but head you know right now he's in. I think he's in the back end of my top 100, and definitely has a shot here. Um, just what he can do offensively, at hitting for average. Uh, he walks a fair amount as well, so I think he's having a pretty solid OBP to go with that average. You know, nice little 20, 20, 25, 20 upside uh, with power speed. And he's more for me 25, 15, 15, but. Um, nice little power speed blend does everything well across the board offensively. Um, so I definitely think you can see a, a big jump from Hudson head uh, here moving forward. Uh, that's going to wrap us up. Uh, thanks everyone for tuning in again this week. And uh, we will be back with you uh, same time next week. We'll do some pitching prospects on the rise on a lot of other good names targeting your, in your dynasty leagues. Um, but until then, take care. Take care.